Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We're out of Guelph, I guess. There was research done uh, that brain activity in rats exposed to a single time uh, to THC uh, leads to similar uh, symptoms that you would identify with schizophrenia and cannabis-induced psychosis. So, you know, we're still floundering when it comes to the research on all of this, uh, and yet we've got legal pot almost a year now, and do we know the consequences, especially on the developing brain? Joining us on the line to uh, delve into this yet again is Alex Berenson, a former reporter for the New York Times and author of Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. Alex, good to have you back on board. I appreciate you joining us. John, thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, you know what it says uh, to me anyway? I mean, you've got this vaping uh scare in the U.S. of A. We had one incident uh, just last week in London, Ontario as well, pulmonary disease or uh, an issue there. You know, it says that we're really kind of uh, rolling the dice on a lot of this with THC particularly, are we not? Oh, we absolutely are. And, you know, it's very interesting, the two studies that you quoted, and, you know, they're both out of Canada. I think I think all of a sudden now that Canada is legalizing, there's a lot of research being done, and, and we can expect to see more, um, you know, more interesting studies. But both the researchers said exactly the same thing when they reported this. These are, these are not anti-cannabis people. What they said was, we were surprised by this. This is not what we expected. Um, and in fact, I think in the in the depression study, they were actually expecting to find the opposite. They were going in with the opposite hypothesis. Um, you know, there's a lot of epidemiological evidence, in other words, evidence at the population level that there are problems here. And and now what we're starting to see is that people are starting to under you know under find the underlying biological mechanisms for this. Well, what does that suggest then if we put the cart before the horse, we've legalized, especially where young people are concerned? I mean, uh, the developing brain, according to the experts, again, it's off-sited up to 25. It, you know, uh, you can access it legally at 19 in this province. I mean, isn't there a certain gap of irresponsibility here? I think there there absolutely is. And even worse than that, um, you know, the Canadian government actually had reasonable warnings out um, you know, if you if you go in and you buy a you know a, a, a product from a from a licensed dispenser in Canada, there are warnings, and some of those warnings are about psychosis and schizophrenia, which are obviously the most serious conditions that that um, you know that are really associated with with pot use by young people or cannabis use by young people. And they're removing those warnings next month. As the evidence mounts, the government is removing those warnings. And and I think it's I think it's you know it's long overdue for the Globe and Mail or for other Canadian news organizations to investigate this and ask why why if the evidence is getting better, the government is removing warnings. Well, the other thing is that the evidence is getting better because uh, heretofore, I guess you couldn't really conduct clinical trials because the product was illegal and they couldn't get a sample size. This is my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so now the jury is starting to finally come in. 
Um, I mean, there's some truth in that. I'll, I, I, you know, the, the one of the things that the pro-legalizers have always said is, oh, there's all this medicinal value to THC and to cannabinoids and to smoke cannabis. And if you just let us research it, um, we'll find all this great stuff. The problem is that in places where research isn't as hard to do, um, like Israel and like uh, Great Britain and like certain parts of Europe, they haven't found great um, evidence that THC is a helpful medicinal product. And unfortunately, now I think, you know, there's some very smart researchers out there who are saying, wait a minute, let's let's look at some of the potential harms to the brain here. And what they're finding is, frankly, terrifying. Again, with Alex Berenson, former reporter with The New York Times, his book, Tell Your Children the truth about marijuana, mental illness, and violence. So what we've got here then is uh, something maybe akin to what tobacco uh, went through when you had big tobacco lobbying because there was so much profit to be made, and yet the health warnings came out and it took whistleblowers to kindly kind of uh, ascertain that these people had been hiding the truth from people. Do you see a similar scenario playing out now with big cannabis? I think I think it's quite possible. In fact, I, I obviously can't say who this person is, but I was contacted recently by somebody in the Canadian cannabis industry who said to me, I've got, you know, a, a history of problems with cannabis use and I really can't quit. And and you know, he said, This is not uncommon in cannabis. He said he said, you know, the industry is increasingly divided into two groups of people, the people who don't use and the people who use too much. And, um, you know, if you have somebody inside the industry saying that to me, and I'm obviously known as somebody who is, you know, not in favor of legalization, I think that suggests that, um, you know, that there are going to be more whistleblowers coming out. What about the states that have legalized? I'm thinking Colorado, Washington State, uh, Oregon, and uh, have crime stats, uh, for example, because you cite in your book's title, uh, The Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. Uh, Have that, is there a correlation there? So, well, we can't say there's a correlation, but what we can say is that crime, by which I mean violent crime, by which I mean homicides and aggravated assaults, have gone up significantly in the legalized states since 2013. You know, 2014 was when recreational dispensaries opened. The other thing that's almost more interesting, and I think in this case you actually can point a direct correlation to this, is that driving deaths are way up in the states that legalized. And I think that one reason for that is, well, first of all, people are much more willing to um, use cannabis before driving uh, when it's legal, but they're actually also more willing to use cannabis when they're driving. You know, you, you can actually see this on the, you know, on the roads in Colorado. I was there a couple of months ago. You see people vaping, and vaping high THC products. Sometimes this is so strong it actually it actually knocks people out while they're using. And I, you know, I've heard from police officers that this is, you know, that they will actually. You know, someone will be in an accident and and they won't really have any memory of what happened. Is the situation with the vaping crisis in America really about illicit vaping devices and product? I think we don't know that yet. Um, you know, the industry would very much like to say that. And and interestingly, the nicotine vaping industry would even would like to say that even more because they don't want to be associated with this at all. Um, you know, people have smoked cannabis for a long time, so and, 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 you know, and most of the time they, they haven't gotten severe lung injuries as a result of it. So that would suggest maybe that THC is not the problem. On the other hand, they haven't smoked super high potency THC extracts that, um, you know, that, that they wind up ingesting hundreds of milligrams of THC a day this route. So maybe, maybe 
if you smoke too much THC, that in and of itself can be damaging to your lungs. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying we don't know. And I think the efforts by the industry to say it's definitely illicit vaping products, I think I think it's way too early to say that. Well, it's interesting, this study out of uh, Guelph University that we cited off the top, uh, where the rats that were studied here, the brain activity, uh, they call it dampened brain activity. It lasted at least one week after exposure, and it was a single hit of THC, and uh, it led to, I guess, uh, the types of symptoms you would associate with schizophrenia and cannabis-induced psychosis. Uh, is that yeah. a telling thing? I mean, if it's in rats... I, I, think, I think I don't want to read too much into that. It's, it's funny because similar studies are sometimes done with uh, cannabidiol, CBD, Mm-hmm. And and sometimes they show positive effects. This is almost always in rats, by the way. And the marijuana lobby will come out and say, well, that proves that cannabis is good for psychosis or that proves CBD can cure psychosis. And I, and I, and I say to them, it was a rat, okay? Uh, you cannot generalize from this. So if I'm going to be consistent, I need to say the same thing here. It's a rat. We can't, we can't generalize, but it is an interesting piece of evidence. Well, the author of the CAMH study that I also cited off the top is suggesting that uh, finding out that, you know, the use of cannabis, the regular use, can lead to this brain inflammation. It may actually have, I guess if you say, uh, a positive consequence, may give drug makers a target for depression therapies. How do you feel? Yes. So, so I mean, I think, I think what we're learning is that the endocannabinoid system is a really important part of the brain, but that does not mean that cannabis is good for it, right? The 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 there you know there are opioid receptors in our brain, right? There, and we can and we can mess with those you know very effectively now by giving people heroin or fentanyl or other you know other synthetic drugs. It doesn't mean that that's good for humanity. So so we need to be very careful about saying just because there's a receptor out there doesn't mean that people using drugs are, are helping themselves. I, I, I feel it's funny that I feel I have to say that, but the cannabis lobby has so effectively confused people about this that you almost need to say it out loud. Um, and, I, you know, I think this I think I think this issue of. We shouldn't stigmatize people. Well, no, we shouldn't stigmatize individuals, but that does not mean that we shouldn't stigmatize drug use. It does not mean that as a society we shouldn't try to reduce drug use. And I think it's very strange that the word stigma is used so negatively. We, we've stigmatized drinking and driving, and drinking and driving rates have gone down. We've stigmatized tobacco use, and tobacco use rates have gone down. Why wouldn't we want to stigmatize marijuana use? What kind of blowback are you getting on the book? Oh, I get terrible blowback on the book. I get people cursing at me and, and telling me to do, you know, horrible. They, they say horrible things to me. And I, as far as I'm concerned, that means that the message is getting out to people um, who don't like it. And if it's getting out to people who don't like it, it's probably getting out to other people, too. Um, and I'm going to keep fighting. I, I believe that this is an important fight. I believe, uh, you know, I believe that really this is a fight for the battle. Uh, it's a battle for the minds of young people. And there's nothing more horrible than some of the stories I've heard about young adults getting psychosis, people who were graduating college or who were working and their lives are destroyed. It destroys whole families sometimes. And we have to fight against this. We have to tell people the truth about this. I appreciate you coming on and uh, setting it all out. Thanks again, Alex. Uh, We'll do it again down the road, I'm sure. Thanks, John. You got it. Alex Berenson, a former reporter with the New York Times, author of Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. 
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 